No, no, no. no I don't care. Forget everything. We're discussing that right now. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. No, no, no. We have to discuss that right now. We can do. We no, can no, do I, a no, point no, five. No, no, no. We can do a point no, five. No. We have to come no. back. afternoon good evening whenever you are listening to this welcome to tales from the plantation volume 56 there are some secret hidden lost volumes that may one day resurface but this to your understanding and your knowledge is 56 i am your part-time temporary interim standing in host tunde leading you tonight to freedom as we record i am here today with it's harry Tubman taking a back seat today, um, letting the Africans drive it. Eh? As we have all week. <laughs> <laughs> and as well as as well as Harry, we have got Hi guys, it's Tasha. Um I will be not leading you to freedom. I will be leading you to t- chaotic mess and laughter. Um so yeah, that's why I, I will be le- I I am your local instigator of chaos. Not everyday freedom. I love it. Sometimes, sometimes chaos it. No, no, Let no. Fly. We have the freedom to be led to chaos. Yes. And last but by no means least, we have. It's your girl, Nezzy. What's up? I'll be in and out eating my roti and doing whatnot. Good to hear it. I will be live and ready with the mute button too. Yes. So this is Tales from the Plantation. You can catch us on all good podcast platforms. You can also find us at Tales from Plantation on Instagram, Plantation Tales on Twitter, X, whatever Twitter. Elon wants to call it. Whatever this week. that man calls it, it's Twitter. We have got a packed schedule today, so we're not going to waste too much time. We want to kick off with what can only be described as major, major news. For those of you who are unaware, Jonathan Majors was a rising star in 2023 before he suddenly found himself at the center of a domestic abuse and violence case um, involving himself and his former partner. That case came to a resolution very recently with Jonathan Majors being found guilty and sharper than you can say, (laughs) thank you, black man, we no longer require your services. Marvel dropped him, his agents dropped him, his PR dropped him, all except Megan Good. Oh, Tasha, you want to correct? Sorry, I must interject because what I think we need to say, state what he was found guilty for because he was found guilty on two counts, but he was not found guilty on like the other two counts that were brought to him. So he was basically found guilty of um, 
causing harm without intention. That's the layman's terms. And when it comes to PR and his agent, they had dropped him well before the verdict. They had dropped him, I would say, maybe a month and a half into what had happened, which already led me to believe that this situation is a clusterfuck um, Mm. well before the verdict came out. But I just wanted to make it clear. Um, they had dropped him, they had dropped him already, but he wasn't, was found guilty of some things, not guilty of everything. Ladies and gentlemen, journalistic integrity at its finest. But is, yeah, talk to us, Tasha, as the, as the closest person to this, what actually. Well, you need someone who even has interviewed Jonathan Majors, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what is happening? What happened there? Where did it all go wrong? well what went wrong was you know um you know putting your hands on a woman um you know first thing that went wrong second thing that went wrong was you know maybe if you had not cheated um maybe if you had been you know more uh had more decorum in your text messages your girl wouldn't have found them no I'm not putting the onus on her I don't victim blame whatsoever a lot has happened with Jonathan Majors because like you've mentioned he had, well, first of all, like you mentioned, he was a very um, prominent star last year. He had two films back to back that did very well in the box office You um, with um, Creed, Creed 3, uh, Ant-Man, and Quantumania. He was, set to, he was playing Kang, who was meant to be like Marvel's new Thanos. He had, like, The Harder They Fall Under Their Belt. He had done Lovecraft Country. The way Jonathan Majors was going, he was set up to have, like, what Michael B. Jordan is doing right now. Um, But on top of, you know, this very public case, by the way, I feel like it's important to note for what I'm about to say, his ex-partner, the victim in this domestic violence case, is a white woman. And something that also came up is the um, during um, the case, audio was submitted of him having a very weird conversation with uh, Grace Jabari, which is the name of his ex-girlfriend. She is white British. And he was saying, I'm going to quote, I'm going to try and quote um, that, oh no, I don't have the quote with me, damn it. But basically that um, she needs to, conduct herself like Coretta Scott King, um, the civil rights activist and wife of Martin Luther King Jr. uh, And either conduct herself like Michelle Obama. And black Twitter was like, sir, we're, we're confused as to how you got here. Why are you saying these things to someone who lacks a melanin? Um, as a white British person, why do you think that she even knows who Coretta Scott King is? Um, let's not act like our, our our black history is, you know, that well versed. Um, but what made it worse and why Jonathan Majors was back in the news even after the verdict is because he had a exclusive interview, which I'm going to read. Um, he had an exclusive interview with, um, oh gosh, ABC's Good Morning, which aired mm. on Monday, the 8th of January. And 
um, he was talking about Megan Good and he said, I quote, she held me down like a Coretta. I'm so blessed to have her. And Megan Good was actually at the interview. And this is where Bernice King, daughter of Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King, jumped in and said, enough is enough. And she took to Twitter and she said, basically, my mother wasn't a prop. She was a peace advocate before she met my father and was instrumental in him speaking out against the Vietnam, Vietnam War. Please understand my mother was a force. Um, I'm going to find the rest of it because she basically also talked about the fact that um, she wrote like she referenced the article that she wrote about her mother in 2017 stating all the things that her mother had done. Essentially, uh, Bernice King is saying you are not going to use my mother's name as if all she was was a smile and wave woman next to my father. She was a whole human being. And it's just very distasteful that you're using you've used my mother's name twice in this very public domestic violence case where you asked a Mzungu woman to (sighs) conduct herself like my mother. But if you consider yourself to be like Martin Luther King, I mean, maybe I can get the correlation in the sense of Martin Luther King was also cheating on Coretta of white women. So I guess that's your only, you know, the only thing you have in common but you know i have stated the facts of what happened um black twitter has dragged him through the mud and i'm here for it because sir what were you thinking <clears throat> one thing i um i do think um, like i feel like his pr wasn't great because he actually wasn't fa- like what he was found guilty for was unintentional harm am i correct yes which is slightly different from i didn't classically in terms of what people are thinking of domestic violence like somebody like him as the so like him as the sole aggressor just like you know but it was a situation like if you read the court documents um and this is in no way excusing him but they had a fight essentially like a verbal altercation I think it was in the car because she Mm. took his phone and she obviously because she saw on the phone that he was potentially cheating he then basically tried to grab the phone back off her but was incredibly aggressive in the way yeah essentially essentially they started scrapping for the phone yeah essentially yeah essentially they started scrapping for the phone and he was just he was unreasonably forceful in which, which again, it just makes me, which kind of makes me have less sympathy for him because it's like you got done for trying to hide cheating. <laughs> like you didn't even really want to be with this woman because you're cheating on her. So why did you not just let her see it, take the L and the relationship and move on? But you have now put yourself in the position where your career is in shambles because you scrapped with, with her over and you've been physically aggressive over a and, phone and in which you were found to be cheating and the size of her it's just the whole thing is just like it's just it's very it, the whole thing about tearing down your house with your own hands this is textbook like it just doesn't make sense why he's done this um and the correct and i think he's done it before i'm just gonna oh yeah yeah out. and i think the, the thing is yeah he has got i think apparently when it 
it, his name was brought like when it all came out people who had previously worked with him or known him were unsurprised because he has a reputation and obviously from the court documents as well the voice messages that he sent where he was basically like I'm a terrible person maybe I should die yeah he's saying that he was going to kill himself, kill himself. oh yeah sorry that's something I forgot to mention as well so last year in the midst of uh, I think just before the trial started Rolling Stone did an expose on him where it was very it was a very very fascinating read so basically they gathered up um former former girlfriends people that he went to uh uh, drama co- drama university with even people that he had worked with on set and basically they all said that this man's got a uh history of violence um very aggressive um behavior even when he's method acting and um Jonathan Majors's um legal team had reached out to Rolling Stone and said no you're lying this isn't true we have six character witnesses um that you could have asked that you didn't and Rolling Stone actually reached out to those six women that Jonathan Majors's legal team had said were character refer- references in favor of him three of those women said we never gave permission for his legal team to say our names, to give these, te- like the things that he has said, that they have said that we have said in favor of him never happened. One lady said she just, she had never heard of this, doesn't know what it's talking about. The fifth lady refused to answer the phone. And the only one, the sixth person that had a positive character um, reference to give of Jonathan Majors. Coretta Scott King herself. <laughs> I mean, granted, Coretta died in 2005, but... That's um, what made it so much more convincing. I would say what made it hilarious is that the sixth person was someone who dated Jonathan Majors uh, when they were both the tender age of 13 years old. And um, basically, they, they, they used someone who dated Jonathan when we were still in the Bush administration. Okay, but what you don't understand... Tasha, well, I'm just going to stop you there because you cannot deny that first love. The strength of first love is as strong a character witness as you're going to get. Okay? Oh my gosh. When you're walking down the hallways hand in hand, like that right there is as deep as love gets. The strength of my first yeah. love is so strong because the other person didn't even know. What I mean. Oh, listen, if we're talking about <laughs> my 13-year-old crush, um, I could admit this now, Sam Tyler, hey, listen, I feel like you knew. I actually feel like you knew, Sam. The way that 13, 14-year-old me was in love with you with my whole soul. I could admit that now because we're adults. Um, but yeah. So what we're saying is there is some validity to a 13-year-old first love in a character <laughs> witness. I I'll mean, I think if my if my first crush had testified... Um, the fact that I probably creepily sang, boy, I've been watching you like a hawk in the sky while I was standing behind him. It wouldn't, <laughs> serve, it just wouldn't serve me well. <laughs> I you feel like what? that would pretty much mark me out as a certified stalker. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to admit on a recording what 13 year old me did <laughs> to get Sam Tyler's attention. I'm not even going to admit. I'll tell you guys afterwards. But um, ah, guys, I tried. <laughs> I tried 
to get this man's attention. My family laugh at me to this day. I told my crush. And um, Uh, and do you know what? I I, to this day I resent the person. (laughs) That person I'm no longer friends with. Um, but this person encouraged me to tell. (laughs) That should have been my sign. Um, to tell him to tell him what that I basically that I had a crush on him. You never tell men that. I know. Like, and that was the first and last time I ever vocalized to somebody that I had a crush on. That I had I'm a crush. So like since sorry. then, till this point in my marriage, I have ne- I I have never told anybody unless they tell me first. Like, uh, I learned my lesson. I, I was literally acid. Hmm? I literally would rather sweep the ocean with with a wet kitchen towel. Like, there's just <laughs> nothing that can make me do that again. I will drink battery acid. Please. <laughs> Harry, Harry, do you feel this strongly about your thirteen-year-old crushes? Um, he was my thirteen-year-old crush. Who was Harry's thirteen-year-old crush? You wouldn't know. I wouldn't have told you. No, I think I would have known. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't have told you. Um, who was my, your thirteen-year-old crush? I actually don't know. I know who my first crush was, but I don't know if I'm Who's willing to admit crush? it here. <laughs> I don't know if I'm willing to admit it here. Why would your would your first crush? It's extremely embarrassing. It is a former member of this podcast. Well, what are you serious? I love it. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I need to WhatsApp her right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure I told her this already. How old were you? No, I was like, I was literally like, I was like 10, 11. (laughs) That is. Yeah, embarrassing times. Man. That's a that's a that violation. Yeah, no taste. Anyway, that's I mean, so yeah, so that was my first crush. It's interesting because um, my follow up question. Great taste. But um, yeah, no, I did. I feel strongly about my. Of course, yeah. You know, the long nights on MSN. Of course. How you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Making sure the dialogue was was patterned. Okay, yeah, but... man. Of course. Listen, no that log out and log back in again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh come on! You have to log out so they know that you pop yeah. up, you pop get, up in their thing, and yet the literally. And when they start talking, ah, oh, the joy that fills your soul—that's incomparable. <laughs> Only to the the joy of knowing the Lord. Hallelujah, oh, man. Hey, Hallelujah. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, everyone feels strongly about their first, their first crush. Of course, yeah. Oh, their thirteen-year-old. Yeah. Like the depth of feeling then Listen, is deep. Sam Tyler hugged me one time at school. Sam Tyler hugged me one time at school in front of like most of the girls in my class. He Wait, was he, was Sam Tyler? He was, he, he was, he was, like, was he like the guy? Was that? <laughs> yeah, he was, and he wasn't even in. He wasn't even in our year group. He was in oh, year eleven. Oh, I was in year nine. Older man. Bears, bears, yeah, because year nine, year nine, year eleven. That was like a gap. Yeah, at no, the time. Yeah, that's a gap. No, yeah, and and that's the thing because you need to understand like all the guys in year ten were clapped. <laughs> None of us were interested in them. It was like it was like every girl in year nine was looking at the guys in year eleven, and like Sam Tyler was pretty popular. Um, but he was also he also lived across the street from my family, which made it like yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was fate. It was fate. It was set. <laughs> what do you mean it was fate? Oh, you I'm know my first Yet. I actually don't know who your first crush is. It was Chris Bury. Who's your first? Oh, should I have said that? Oh, was that your first? Really? Yeah, that's hilarious to me now. That is hilarious. Wait, wait. Chris, who's that? That is, it's so funny to me. Wait, 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 wait. Did he, did he used to go to your, did did he used to go to your church? 
Yeah, I think you do. Wait, I know him. <laughs> oh, but he was. He I was don't though. like so him. He was not? so rude. No, no, no. Yeah, like, it's not like a silly. It's not like lo- like looking back on it. I understand why at the time. Yes. It's just funny to me now. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I've had a crush where I've looked back and thought that didn't make. Facially, I get it, but I remember. I remember one time I visited your church and I didn't <laughs> oh, like it. Yeah. No, you visit our church and didn't like anybody. So that, I think that's. I mean, that's. We were all mean to you, so. You said you, you didn't like what us. You period. Correct? To be honest, that, that entire crew, yeah, exactly. I, know exactly. I didn't like you as a church. We were just, I don't know what was going, like, I don't know what was going through us at that time, nah, but man. we literally, we literally hormones, existed to, you guys to torment were some people. Wartless yeah. human we just, beings. we just teased. Yeah, we were rude. We were rude. I, no, I wasn't were actually, rude. but everybody else was very rude. Yeah, I wasn't rude, but yeah, some of those guys were definitely rude. Okay, well, you were rude by association because, man, when I tell you, I didn't like you guys in my twenties. I I was sugar and spice and all things nice. All of y'all, yes, girl, you too. For the sake of the listeners, I would just like you trying to bring it back. You trying to bring it back? No, no. For the sake of the listeners, I just want to let it be known that I I didn't know Tasha before her twenties, so I'm not included in this. (laughs) Generalization. I've basically re-met Tasha in her twenties, anyway, and then I don't remember Tasha in her early twenties, like genuinely, like early early twenties. But I guess that's when we. I remember going to your house. I went to Tasha's house. Tasha's house was the oh my gosh, the spot. Yeah, I don't think I knew Tasha as well then. And then I remember Tasha in her early. When I say no, I say no. That's not true. I do remember Tasha in early mid twenties. But I didn't, wow, I'm not going to pick you up on vibes because I didn't realise that you didn't like me. <laughs> I was oblivious. <laughs> I thought we were cool. <laughs> no, but you know what? It was one of those things where I was like, oh, oh everyone okay. from that spot is a problem. Because the times that we went there, all of you were just like so standoffish and it was a very opposite of what like everyone from my church was like because we were all just there like, really sweet and we just wanted to get to know people like we, we were, were just, just like people. very i think we were, we were just like you know it is though if you caught, if you, it's actually if you caught them everyone's actually cool it's not even that it's just more like it's just like it's honestly it's just london mentality that's honestly what it comes down to nah but you you see you see, the thing is, though, right, and I guess those of us from Essex talk about this all the time. We don't like we don't like this thing where it's like you have to speak to someone one on one to find that's out. If f- yeah, that's nice fair. But I just do you know what it is with London? I just feel like there was this thing where you just don't talk to someone unless they speak to you first. And that's not, that do, was not true for me. I always talk to people. I make conversation with everybody. No, but I'm saying I'm saying most most Londoners like you're just not going to. Like, think about it. When you go to Birmingham, people on the train will speak to you. And you'll have conversations. Random people you don't know. In London, if that happens to you, you think the person is crazy. You think this person, someone, something's about to happen. Yeah, they crazy or creepy. Because why are you speaking to me? Yeah, but the environment that... that yeah, yeah, pretty pretty bad. Bad. I know, but it's the same mentality. I'm just saying, it's just the same mentality. No, no, I know. You've been to these, I, you've been to these I, youth days. You know listen, how it goes. trust me, I have been on the like, receiving end of that. Yeah, you just hang around in your little clique. No, no, because the thing is, though, at youth day, no, no, because no, at youth day, we, like, people used to talk to us. Well, we just have issues. Well, I, know, I, I don't know why, because we were nice people. We, it wasn't me. I'm, I'm not yeah, going to be... Also, and it also wasn't me, like, people couldn't say I'm rude. Anyway, we're like, getting off topic. No, I'm allowed Tinday to take us back to the topic. Which... 
which was I'm glad for this. I'm glad for this because you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned Mean Girls, uh, and Mean Girls is actually one of the movies that is back in the cinemas, but this time as a musical. Most people will be surprised and disappointed to hear uh, the reviews have not been I kind. Love mostly, mostly because people didn't know it was a musical. None of its trailer footage has made anything of the fact that it's a musical. What? Yes, it has. That's not what I've been hearing. But it's not... Nah, you see, pe- the pe- people have been ill-informed. They have very much been advertising that as a musical. To be honest, the initial film trailer, I didn't realise it was a mu- like a complete musical, but I saw that there was definitely singing, dancing in it. And then, I, I yeah, I knew by this point that it was a musical. Anyway, for me personally, if I go to a film not expecting a musical and it turns out to be a musical, for me, that's like a bonus. Like any film turns into a musical, it's a bonus for me. I love musicals. We're such the opposite because I'll be pissed. <laughs> I I think most people have had that reaction, no, but Tasha, but it's, it's okay. Just, it's just Let's like, not talk about... It has been advertised as a musical, so I don't know where people were lost in translation. Like, if you didn't know that it was a musical, then I'm sorry, at this point, this is on you. <laughs> I'm going to finish, but... I'm going to start. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. But I'll be honest. I don't, I don't really care about Mean Girls, the musical. I was simply using it as a segue to get onto the other musical that's out at the moment, The oh, Colour Purple. Now, uh, you see what it did there? The Colour Purple. Now, this is another retelling of a, of a classic story, a classic film, uh, this time produced by uh, Oprah Winfrey herself. Uh, and starring Steven Spielberg. Starring one of the... And Steven Spielberg, let me not take away the from his flowers. That's fair. Yeah, not the point. <laughs> um, we are, yeah, so it has been, it's full of a star-studded cast. Um, like some of the most incredible vocalists are on it. Fantasia's in it. Uh, uh, wow, I've forgotten all of the names. Fantasia's in it. Taraji P. Henson's playing Shug. You've got Daniel Brooks playing Sophia. You've got Corey Hawkins, who's um, Harpo. Coleman Domingo, who's playing Mr. Um, Halle Bailey's playing young Nettie. Oh, Felicia, I've forgotten her last name, but she plays young Seeley. Um, John Batista's in it. Um, her plays um, Squeak. For Sierra is playing uh, older Nettie. So, yeah, yeah, pe- people who are in it. There's, there's some stars in it. But with such a high-profile cast, you would expect high-profile pay. And apparently that has not been the case, uh, according to Miss Henson. Um, she, she has really shaken the, the, press, uh, the press run for the movie with, I suppose it's revelations? Revelations of how the conditions and the pay that she's received personally, as well as the, the cast in general that she had to advocate for that were below her expectations. So examples being things like expecting the cast to drive themselves in their own cars um, and Taraji herself having to fight harder than she feels she should have to at this point in her career for a wage that reflects her her, her quality essentially so the thing is though right with taraji when it comes to pay um i feel like it's important to um put out that taraji is oscar nominated and she's been oscar nominated 
for over a decade. I think, I can't remember the film that she was Oscar not. It was, oh yeah, Benjamin Button. Um, and she's a Golden Globe winner. So these are markers in Hollywood where, especially when you get an Oscar nomination, you should already be at a certain level of pay. And many Black women in Hollywood, from Viola Davis to Gabrielle Union, they have all spoken about the fact that you do not, like, women already get paid less than men, but you don't pay the Black women what they are worth. And so she, with Taraji, she said that she almost walked away from the colour purple, um, but she, I guess, got what she bought, um, she haggled for which she shouldn't have had to do. But then it became a situation of like, she had to advocate for the rest of the cast and the crew when it came to, um, like you mentioned, cars, when it came to trailers, when it came to like having food on, um, for not, not on set, it was for the, for the rehearsals. And I think something that really well and truly annoyed me because she's exposing a problem in Hollywood. She's exposing a problem with the way that the studios treat black actors. Um, and somehow everyone turned this into the fact that this is Oprah's fault because Oprah is an executive producer and Oprah like should have been paying them. It's like, this is actually not Oprah's thing. Oprah is an executive producer. Executive producers put money into the film, but they do not oversee the running of the set. They are not responsible for what you're being paid. Oprah had to advocate because Taraji caught her. This is a problem with the studio. This is actually a problem with Warner Brothers. And the thing that is incredibly disrespectful and frustrating about it is the fact that The Color Purple had a budget of 100 million. So it wasn't even a small film or an indie film where it's like, oh, indie films, you take whatever you're given. This is a film where they should have been treated Mm -hmm. like royalty, especially with the fact that it's a color purple. You know it's going to do well. You know it's going to be there during the awards circuit. And part of this film run was that they're hoping to right the wrongs of the original, where the original was nominated for 12 Oscars and didn't get any because of the NAACP, NAACP and Spike Lee. So they're hoping to rectify that and get some awards. And the cast of Barbie were not treated like this. That's another Warner Brothers film. Same, similar budget. You haven't heard Margot Robbie, Issa Rae, America, Ferreira, or uh, Greta Gerwig talking about, oh, they didn't give Can you imagine? They didn't give us food. They weren't paying us what we would need to. Like, these things are automatically given to certain sets, but as soon as it becomes an all-black cast, suddenly you're struggling for the basics. And it's good that Taraji exposed it. I'm just so annoyed that somehow it became about Oprah. I think, though, it's also kind of sad that I don't know that I've heard more about Taraji talking about that than I've heard about the film. And I feel like it has kind of overshadowed the film in general. And I don't think that should stop Taraji from saying what she's saying. Like, I feel like this is the best time to say it when the film is doing well. But I do think it's... I feel like it's just sad that sometimes things that Black people do get clouded by the trauma of being... of what comes with being Black. Does that make sense? Like in a moment that should be about the film and the fact yes. that she's an amazing work in this film and that she's, you know, 
Oscar worthy acting from so from so many of the the actors and um, actors and actresses, it's been overshadowed by in like inequality again, and it feels like you know the whole thing that um Toni Morrison said and we said it before on the podcast like the whole point of racism is distraction. And it stops mm. you from doing your work, that it keeps you from having to answer questions about different things when you should be focusing. Like how many people could have been, how much of Taraji's energy could be channeled into other things that are more enjoyable for her and more life-giving for her and the, everybody else. But she has to be wasting her time talking about getting the basics that other people, that white people get. And I just think that's really like frustrating and sad, to be honest. I think the thing that surprised me the least was that it was Warner Brothers. Like Warner Brothers are notorious for their unscrupulous behaviors when it comes to their um, their films and their property. Like the the head of the studio has been criticized so heavily for the number of films that were fully finished, fully edited, ready to go and then never released and written off in order to reduce the Warner Didn't Brothers tax bill. Woman. Essentially. With Le- mm-hmm. like Yeah, with like Leslie Grace. Yeah, whole series, whole movies. Like on top of that, there's I mean, there's the streaming, which is even worse, where you get whole whole shows that have been created that have done well in their first season then get cancelled and removed from the streaming platforms permanently. Like, I think there is a wider question of the, the behaviours and patterns within, uh, within Hollywood, within those big studios, as we saw with the strikes all through last year. But the challenge and that consistent challenge of the claim that black-led or um, fully black-cast movies just won't do as well so they aren't worth as much investment whether that's into the actors or into the productions themselves is just a continual i think it's a a continual continual narrative narrative, right i'm sorry pardon my friends but it it's such bullshit like in 2024 you're trying to to spin that narrative when what if it's true it's not it's not true that black films don't do well in certain markets no black films do do black black films do the same and they've been doing it for decades but i guess if you want to look at the biggest most recent example you have black panther Mm -hmm. that did a billion and and they like and the film that did a billion after that was avengers you had to get the entirety of avengers to do the numbers that black panther did like come on like yeah and the thing Girl, and girls the, the trip thing that's re- particularly when compared with the like, thing that's ridiculous the, so sorry, sorry. To it, but the thing that's ridiculous is the fact that if they if um if the color purple wasn't going to do well then the studios wouldn't have put in 100 million a, a movie with a budget is 100 million and i guarantee you that the promotion for that film is roughly about 20 to 25 million. That's just the promotion of the film. You have Oprah and Steven Spielberg, one of the most respected directors in Hollywood, executive producing. It's like, don't, don't actually piss me off. 
Because I'm the reason I'm <laughs> asking that is because um no, I wasn't saying don't no, 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 no. I know, I know what you're saying, but I'm thinking about like Blackfield's not doing well because the other thing I was thinking was um I was like I'm really I am really I just feel like I'm in the market for some more black rom-coms like Harry Met Sally and I keep saying this where is our notebook where is our Harry? when I say where is ours I don't mean like we do have some great black rom-com films that are known amongst black people but I mean where is the mainstream because I feel like black why I, I will white people go to a movie in which two the two main characters in a rom-com are two black people not a mixed race woman with a white man not an interracial couple like two black people will will white people go out and see and support that film in the same numbers that they would I don't know what's a like an Ashton Kutcher whoever the other white lady rom-com person like a Bridget Jones type would they do that they will and the thing is though as long as the film is green lit the studio has faith that it is it is going to do numbers and really the most important thing that needs to happen is the fact that the film needs to do better than the budget that was mm-hmm. given they need and as long as they exceed that you're fine now here's a, here's the issue i have i think that i think that cinema is struggle, struggling with rom-coms period mm. But the thing is, though, it's like they there is black content that is in these award shows right up there with the films that they are where people are being treated fairly. Abbott Elementary swept awards mm. season last year. And it's such a good show. It's like, it's like universally, I, it's just like it's a funny show. Like you're not going to. No one can argue. Audiences. Oh yeah, what happened with that? Who? Why are they getting cancelled again? Because of Israel? Huh? No. Oh well, partly. Basically, one of them. It was Janae. What's her face? Oh, the one who's been weird about kids. Yeah. What did she say about her son's? Wait, she was making jokes about her son's penis. penis. What, what did she say about his penis again? That was very. That was. Oh, I didn't strange. hear about that. That was deeply strange. I can't what's what? I didn't hear about that. Guys, I promise you, people no, are going to go right back to watch it. I personally will it comes back in February. People come right I don't get twisted. I don't give a damn about... I'll be I don't give a damn it. about these lots of people. People, people were acting, they're like, they're like, oh my gosh, she made an offence, uh, she made a weird joke about her son's penis. I was just like, okay, and I hope she comes back as principal for the next season. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, like... I just... Because at the end of the day, how many weird white men do say weird stuff and women. and women and go on to win awards like i'm not gonna cancel yeah, a black person i just don't i i mean maybe i'm not gonna get her to babysit for yeah, me but but i just personally i just don't give a damn okay. <laughs> and she wasn't gonna do that for me anyway that's no, true i'm just like i can turn around and say janelle weird don't know why you did that but at the no, same but it time wasn't that. It's it, was, like... it was what her my girl the other the other one um, I think one of them, or maybe a couple of them, were pro-Israel or something like that. So people said, "My thing, my thing is this." Yeah, I also I hear the boycott thing, but I just I'll be real. I'm not about to boycott everything. I'm not even paying for Abbott Elementary, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Disney Plus. Are we emitting crimes? On no, no, but also no, but also what I would say is as well is no, no, no. I could be. You wouldn't. 
You wouldn't steal a car, Harry. You wouldn't steal a car, Harry. Don't steal a film. Piracy is a crime. Piracy is a crime. So here's the thing. My thing is like, I also think there's a bunch of people involved in Abbott Elementary. You don't know. I don't know the politics of everyone on that show. But I'm not about to cancel a show because a couple of the characters align politically with stuff that I don't align with. I think think they're wrong. Cool. Like, I don't like what they did. Cool. I'm still going to watch the show. I don't care. People out here talking about they're going to boycott Abbott Elementary. I'm like, you can do what you want. I'm like the only person yeah. I've been boycotting R. Kelly. Aside from that, boy. Yeah, there's a bunch of Tories and Republicans. Oh, with me, it's R. Kelly. It's Chris Brown. I mean, it's Trey I can't songs. boycott Chris Brown on like, Trey songs because I, I don't just, run with I you don't, people. I never listened to him in the first place. Yeah, you don't even like, listen to him No, but I will say this. Do you think? Do you think I watch Quinta claw no, her saying. way up from writing for do, not yeah. writing? That thing's got ninety nine percent. For me to, I said that thing's got ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I'm sorry, we can't cancel her. Abbott Elementary yeah. is flawless. Yeah. Nah, I'm not cancelling Quinta. I'm so sorry. Come harder. And it's not that I, I absolutely. Let me just be clear. I absolutely support boycotting lots of different things. But I think when it comes to things like TV oh, shows, yes. you can't bo- boycott an entire show because like two people on the cast are. Israel's it doesn't even make sense it's like you can't account for the politics of every single person who works with an entire television show like somebody behind the camera is going to support something weird there's going to be like it's yeah. not possible it's, it's like not, the mcdonald's and starbucks thing central. yeah let's yeah ride with that yeah i'm gonna boycott g unit because one member of g unit supports something well, to be fair g unit is, is quite small so to be fair Sis, did you say G-Unit? I forgot about G-Unit, yeah. It's so long ago. The entire Backstreet, the entire Backstreet Boys. I also said that, didn't we go back to 2003? The entire entire Backstreet Boys because of one person or like, I don't know, S Club 7? If one person, if Bradley Did you say Backstreet Boys come back? You're raising a good point, but here's a question. What if it's a duo? Say like Rizzle Kicks or um, I don't know, BB and CC? What if one of them is a transport? How many is too many? I was going, guys, can we have, can we have oh, yes, artists no, I... in the last five <laughs> no, no, years, but who's a, no, but... I'm, Honestly, I'm there like, they went, they went from we went G-Unit, from G-Unit to, to Backstreet Boys to S-Club 7 to BB and CC Wilders. Off the top of your head, you name your duo right now. Boomers, goodness gracious oh, right, yeah, me. Chloe and Harley. <laughs> Good, yeah. Bro. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Still. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chloe and Halle. Say if Chloe, say? if Chloe was a Trump supporter, and Halle's not, you boycotting Chloe and Halle? I'm not because I don't give a that's damn. Quite, but... That's just two people. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's two people. I feel like that's different. But like, I'm not boycotting. I'm not boycotting even if I know. I just feel like that's unfair. Sorry. Okay, what are you boycotting? I'm. My... Are you boycotting people who are pro-Israel? Honestly, I've only I have only boycotted R. Kelly. Wait, wait, I missed what was said. I'm, that's where I'm I'm standing right now. Because okay, for instance, Israel, Israel Houghton okay, is pro-Israel. So you, you, you think boy- I'm not going back to listen to Israel New Breed? Yeah. <laughs> is Israel Houghton yes, pro-Israel? Pro- yes, he posted on his. his, his, his. Ooh. 
I mean, it, oh, don't it tell me he's surprise one of those me. people he's Amer- that he's believes American that yeah. the Israel, the, the prophecy thing, right now. Yeah, exactly. It's is Israel thing. in the uh, me, I'm boycotting oh the multinational God. corporations personally. That I'll do, but nah, man. If someone's giving me enough good music, yeah, I I hear it yeah. because it's I hear it, but also. I'm thinking about if I was in the time of South African apartheid, if someone was pro South, Af- oh, pro South, South Africa, Africa, like pro true. the apartheid regime, would I listen to their music? I probably wouldn't. So mm. I, I wouldn't go like, to their no, concert, no, but would you I not agree. listen to the music? I, feel like I agree. With if you. an individual person, what if it banged? No, because you're still putting no. money in their no, pocket. No, but back then you're going to in the stream. So you'd actually have to go out and buy their the music. CD, yeah, but the thing is, no, but it doesn't matter because the point is, though, if with you streaming yeah, right now, you are lining that man's pocket who is pro-Israel. Yeah, I feel like if it's in a group, then I can say, I'm not going to boycott the group for one person. <laughs> but if it's an individual person and they're very vocally pro-Israel... Wait. No, if it's Actually, an no, individual person, then I feel like, yeah, I, I'm probably going <laughs> to... <laughs> you're supporting new food but not Israel. Listen, you, listen. You keep finding, you keep really finding. Yeah, I just think I think loopholes, uh, for so. me, individuals, I will. But then, having said that, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Have I boycotted Kanye? No. That's what I'm saying. Like Kanye, I like I Kanye is is so offensive. I'm just gonna to be me. honest. But I'm sorry, I'm not leaving Sunday service choir alone. I'm not. <laughs> Sunday service okay, choir should have never happened. You can, you can separate out service choir. Yeah, I think you're allowed. No, Kanye's getting paid. No, Kanye's getting paid. No, Sunday you're not. Why are you allowed that one? How does that and make also, sense? They separated no, no, they have anyway now, now. But I think back then, probably in the con, they were together. Like I'm sure he's named as like an arranger. No, nah, I feel like he's. I feel like that's allowed. Oh yeah, now that they collect. Actually, but if I'm being honest, I'm talking about there are like two Kanye songs that I really like, and they've not left my gym workout playlist. And I'm just gonna be honest about that. And you're making him money. Like, I'll with be honest. Even the Kanye West song with. Yeah, there's there's a song yeah, on there which. Uh, anyway, let me not even say anything. I don't want to get cancelled. So let me just. Yeah. Basically, my my thing is. The only thing that I'm, I can 100% stand on and say I'll boycott multinational corporations and I'll boycott R. Kelly. I can't say that I'm boycotting anybody else. Not to say I wouldn't, but I'm just saying that's not where I'm at right now. Unless, unless... Pedophilia is definitely where my line is drawn in the sand completely and utterly, obviously. Well, does that mean you, you boycott Drake? Other things... I've never listened okay, to Drake. Do really. I, so I don't maybe. like Drake. A lot, you know, and the, re- the thing that I can honestly well, say, me, a lot of the people who are trash, I genuinely don't like their music. I don't like Chris Brown's music. I've never had to boycott Chris Brown. I've never had to boycott Diddy. I'm not listening to Diddy. Diddy was never on yeah, my playlist. It's true. So, yeah, like, I think, I've, really but I think it's me. unfair. Like, because I think I've just got lucky because it just so happened. But let it come to my door. What would I do? I don't know. Like, if you found out Brandy was problematic, are you going to boycott Brandy? No, no, I see that's one person. I'm not giving up Brandy. I don't care what she did. No, oh my gosh. No, 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 that was emphatic. I don't, I don't care what she does. I think I've ever wow. Seen. I don't care. Her music's too important. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. R. Kelly's music wasn't even important. No, don't, don't, don't cool. be funny. Don't Brandy? R. Kelly. Okay, can no, I tell everyone a secret? No this, mo- no, this morning. <gasps> Ooh. I didn't listen to R. Kelly. 
But I woke up my husband and I sang a little bit of I Believe I Can Fly to him. Uh-huh. And he was like, isn't that what R. Kelly? Is wrong? And I was like, you yeah, allowed okay. to do that because that's not putting money in his pocket. But it's such a good song. Why would you serenade with R. Kelly? No, it's just like a morning song. You also, know, like serenading with I Believe like, I Can Fly is strange. Well, I mean, the point was, it was in my head at the moment. And I felt a little bit bad about it. The point is, we shouldn't be supporting R. Kelly or putting strings in pocket ever. Because he's a pedophile. Oh, she no, is winding saying, it all like, the way back right now. She is yeah, trying to recant. I think the be drawn there. I think it's, but I think, honestly, like, boycott, what I realised is when I was looking through the boycott list, um, I was just like, oh my gosh, people I didn't even realise I should be boycotting. And it, it's starting Thank to become, you. it was, start, I was like, it's becoming inconvenient. But that's the whole point of a boycott, that it is inconvenient. <laughs> I was like, like um, who, for example? Who? Um, oh gosh, there was some. There was like a company that I was. Um, oh gosh, the other day I was out and I wanted a coffee, and I was like, all these freaking coffee shops are. I was like, Starbucks boycott. I was like, fine, and I was like, oh yeah, Gales, and then I remembered that Gales is also like massive Israel supporters, so I couldn't go to Gales. So anyway, I had to wander around for ten minutes and found myself an independent coffee shop. Which is fine. Why don't you just go to Costa? Is Costa safe? I don't know. I haven't seen no, them haven't on seen the list. list. It wasn't but a couple I haven't of rounds. Anyway, but anyway, boycotts are supposed to be inconvenient. Give money to an independent coffee no, shop. No, I found one eventually. But then I was like, you know what? My inconvenience is completely minimal compared to the fact that, you know, like him said, there are yeah, people exactly. dying. People are dying. So... <laughs> people are dying. So it doesn't really matter. And I mean, since we're on to the the topic of the moment, uh, yeah, one of one of our topics to discuss today was the uh, ICJ case that has been brought forward by South Africa against uh, against Israel, accusing not mm, I want to say accusing, making the case that Israel is currently. Um, committing genocide in Gaza um, or at the very least not doing was, enough at the very least, to just, prevent it. They just said it was genocide. Uh, basically. They called it, they, they said it was a genocidal assault. That's what one of the lawyers said. The, one of the Irish barristers said, yeah, the terrible new acronym wounded child, no surviving family born out of Israel's genocidal assault. So I think they're pretty clear that they believe it's genocide. This is and as I believe that the journalist will, will say, there is a lot of allegedly's and like careful language that you have to put Luckily, around we're not reporting, reporting on, on it. it. We're giving our um, So, so we I, don't have to do any of that. <laughs> Niggas ain't going to sue me. So it's fine. <laughs> say, what you, say what you feel. See, see this, this is why. This is why <laughs> no, no, I'll stand, no, no. you tried to hand this over to me today. No, no, no. no. I'm not trying to set you. No, you can. I'm, I'm just trying saying. You trying to set me up? No, no, no. <laughs> I you won't do this to me. No, 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 no. I'm saying. I'm dropping cases on. For me personally, I just think I think South Africa is right. That's my opinion. Same. I think hashtag free Palestine. I think you ate for grats. I hope you win. I don't think you will, but I hope you win. Also, it doesn't. Also, it doesn't even matter because Israel's president uh, why, why Isaac you... Herzog said, "We don't give a damn. We're still doing what we're going to do." Which, 
as if their soldiers haven't been committing genocide in 4K. Which is what, which is off what, their what own I TikToks. Think, but do you know, I think. Go on. Go on. No, no, go no, you go, you go. Oh, I was going to say, I just think that what I've liked is that people seem to just care less about being like cancelled or whatever. They're just saying what they believe. Um, and so I think for me, like we've seen the tide kind of turn over the last like sort of, is it three months now this has been going on? And I feel like at the start, it was very much like, okay, people are scared. Like if we criticize Israel, people are going to call me anti-Semitic. So um, let me not say anything. But at this point, because of what's happening, we're at 23,000 dead plus. It's like, you can't ignore it now. Like it just is, it is what it is. And I think even the claims and the charges of anti-Semitism, one of the biggest issues with it is like, one, it's like criticizing a state, like, especially for, you know, there obviously are bad faith actors. There are going to be people who are anti-Semitic and really do hate Jews. Personally, it's like the way I see it, there are black, there's all sorts of Jews. Jews can be white, Jews can be any sort of race, for instance. So like even black Jews, I'm not going to, you can't erase black Jews and just say, oh, if you don't like Israel, then you're anti-Semitic. It's like, no, I don't like the US. I don't like the UK. I don't like majority of these kind of nations. It's got nothing to do with them being Jews, but it's got everything to do with their policies and the way they... I feel like we should use the term Jewish people and not Jews. Sorry, that's just a correction. I oh. just feel like Jews is... Um, What's the difference? Yeah, don't use the term Jews. I it think feels, it feels very blacks. Oh, I mean, cool. Jewish people, whichever, yeah. All I'm saying is, yeah. I think that South... I think <laughs> what South Africa done is... is is courageous and i think it's great what they're doing and i think at this point it's important for people to stand up against this because at the end of the day like if this was happening in any other place in the world if this happened to us we would want people to stand up for us and say look this is what's happening and that's what palestinians are asking for so we should just be doing what they're asking especially in their lineage of like i don't know um i guess black radical thought and black radical activism a lot of them were very much against like they were pro-palestine and they were very much against the occupation of israel and so i feel like we as for in insofar as we see ourselves as pro-black we have a duty or a legacy to carry on in that regard because it's like the same thing they're doing there is the same thing they've done to us and will do to other people also, I think what's yeah. really scary is if they can rewrite this history of if they can rewrite this history of genocide, they can do that for any group of people. And so, people have been saying things like, "Oh, well, do Palestinians care about black people? Do Palestinians?" Which is like, okay, we know everybody's anti-black. It's not even like that's not surprising. We know people. We know most non-black groups are anti-black, right? So that's not surprising to us. But everything sets precedence. So if we don't, even if, even if you're looking at it from a purely selfish standpoint, if you don't stand up against the fact that these acts have been committed and there's an attempt to rewrite history, that can be done to your own people. And so every thinking human has, should have a, a selfish interest at the very least in making sure that, that there's an accurate retelling of the events that are happening in Gaza at the moment um i 
think also on the point of anti-Semitism that actually like conflating the state of Israel with Jewish people is anti-Semitism in itself because Jewish people shouldn't have to answer for a state. Like it's got re- like if you are a Jewish person who's born in England, like really and truly the state of Israel might you might feel you might not feel any connection to it at all. So why should you have to answer to it? And why should you like why should that have to be a point of connection for you in the same way that I as like an African Caribbean person don't necessarily feel any connection to Nigeria like I do because I feel like connected to the fact that I'm of African descent but for some Caribbean people they don't so when someone like a white person will be like oh I remember at uni actually somebody was like why asked me a question about Africa like why is it in Africa that people like when I went to Africa people don't seem to like work as much and it's like, what the hell would that have anything to do with? Why would that have anything to do with me? <laughs> like, when I'm actually literally not directly from the continent, that's the primary thing. Like, I my answers are 400, 400 years removed from that place. Like, I do feel a connection, but you don't know that. So the fact that you assumed I do is just weird. Um, so I just feel like that's a, that's a point you made as well. Like, Jewish people don't necessarily feel that connection to Israel, that not they don't all feel the same way about Israel. And we shouldn't make assumptions about how people feel like Israel because they're Jewish. Yeah, I think the other thing I would say as well that was unsurprising but still disappointing was oh the approach goodness. to coverage of the case. Like, like it was, it was, it was well, well documented on on Twitter that the expectation was that you would go through the entirety of South Africa's. Uh, initial case uh, laying out their case in their opening statements and no coverage would be had on the bbc CNN, on sky NBC. news on cnn um, on any think major. of any news outlet i would just like to say um reuters did do coverage so shout out to my workplace I'm proud of you. but um well um yeah basically the main place where everyone was having to watch south africa's statements was on al jazeera and everyone was saying watch how tomorrow when it comes to mm. israel's defense suddenly all these networks are gonna know how to work their live stream and lo and behold was that not the case it was the case it was it was just one side's case but it was indeed the case um and yeah that that for me was the the most frustrating part about it because it is difficult to to counteract any of these narratives so what we've spoken about about the conflation of anti-semitism and anti-zionism and criticism of the state being conflated with criticism of a whole religion like the reason why that is happening is because you are so imbalanced and in and partial I realize the opposite of impartial is partial in your coverage of it. And so, of course, people who aren't necessarily looking out for Al Jazeera, those people who aren't going to be going out of their way to find the stream of a case that they didn't necessarily know was happening, are only going to see the defense. And that narrative then is going to fuel the suggestion. Um, and for me, the critique again comes to the media bosses. It comes to the governments who are. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's too far fetched to claim that there is pressure being put from the governments on these media outlets. 
to be specific about what they show and how they frame um the this situation and and all of the uh surrounding pieces i also don't think it's a coincidence that particularly with rishi's government that the the steps they're taking and the actions they're taking now are being taken I also think in that what should be an the, election year. Part of the reason why South Africa is not respected as much is because it is a black country. Because um, I, I 100% feel like if Canada had brought these proceedings or if the UK had brought these proceedings or, I don't know, any of the Western countries had brought these proceedings, I think the respect in terms of coverage would have definitely been, I think, despite the fact that it is pro-Palestine would still have been more and I think there is definitely a thing about like who are these upstart blacks who think they can come mm. and bring like a legal case and there's a level of disrespect there especially from countries like the UK and the people that are representing the UK um, and I think that's very obvious and very palpable for me um, and it was just a reminder that even though like even though under the system that we're in our countries are never full participants in this system as in like they're never they're never allowed to participate as equals and they're always constantly reminded that they're not seen as equals under the system and um that was also just really gave me the ick like it was just seeing how this the vibe was just Con the vibe felt condescending basically oh yes and you know the thing that's crazy Absolutely. is that out of the african nations south africa is probably the most respected and that's partly because of their history yeah. of yeah. being controlled by white people for so long basically um, do you not think so because i feel like part of the reason why south africa had its status is because that for a long time it was the country in africa that had a white gov government essentially and as that white government has like after apartheid that standing in the west has decreased as it's been seen less as a white run country i think it depends on the circles because like the the way i the main t the main times i see south africa being referenced is positively in sport but not negatively in like um like uh international uh standing and things like that. i don't i don't see much negative uh, representation and, and of, of um, south africa from a political perspective so so i don't i don't i don't know if i'd necessarily agree with that and i think a lot of the work that nelson mandela and his his successors did to really build and maintain um the the presence and the standing of south africa i think was quite important and why i mentioned sport because nelson mandela was very intentional about focusing on building um Especially building rugby. back that standing through sport mm -hmm. and using things like the rugby world cup yeah um so it has been a for me i don't think they've had that same drop off um and Part of part of it is because it's been earned. Like I think South Africa has earned at least the standing they have, if not more, simply because they have been slightly better organized. 
as a country, as a nation, than a lot of African nations. And how whether money money has led still stands. Um, I mean, so I, I hear that. Um, I was talking. I was talking with Rachel about this the other day, actually. That I do feel like we are starting to move into a space, if we're not already there, where as African nations, the accountability switch and the lever does need to start being switched on a lot more heavily. Now, I, I can only what talk you, about sorry, Nigeria sorry, what mean, because that is what it, I know personally. In terms right? of who we blame for the problems, am, is that what you're talking about? So, I, yeah, so I agree that where they started from was the impact of um, colonialism and the fact that we're still looking at what, 63 years, uh, 64 years this year um, for, of, of independence for Nigeria. However, even if we just look at the last five to 10 years, the impact and the, the, the damage that's being done to the lifestyles, the livelihood, the potential for Nigeria as a country and its citizens is 100% really? on the, those But I don't think that's true the in the moment. sense that and I that, just don't that think, for me, because we're, yeah, I think being yeah. that close to, I don't think it can ever be 100% on the current leaders. Like, I don't think we can underestimate so, so I'm not talk. I'm not talking about the whole thing, right? The where we started from, that we can still accept it. But the last five to ten years, like we have not been riddled by war, we have not really suffered from economic sanctions. As a country, Nigeria should be doing better than it is, and I I say that because Ghana is, right? If you compare Ghana and you compare Nigeria, and take into the fact that. Ghanaians were actually persecuted and driven out of Nigeria before they then went on to build their country. A lot of the reason why we are lagging behind and falling further behind our neighbors, so not even comparing it to the rest of the world, the reason why Nigeria is struggling so much is because of the, the politicians, the corruption, the, the leaders well, who refuse no, to can, allow development, who refuse to allow evolution and growth in the country. Like, I don't have an intimate knowledge of Nigerian politics. But generally, when I'm in talking about countries that have been colonized, I don't think we can ever underestimate the impact of that on and how <clears throat> and how long that legacy is going to last for, how like how deep the damage has been and how hundreds of years it's going to take for us to correct that. Like, it's going to take hundreds yeah. of years for us to correct that. And I think we can't. I don't think we can ever let, I don't think we should be so quick to let the European powers off the hook. Like, and also the fact that they continuously, even during the periods after our independence, continuous efforts to destabilize those countries. I was even looking at the history of Guyana. Up until the 80s, they, have, they continually, like if you don't think that these countries aren't currently trying to actively destabilize like African and Caribbean and South American countries as we speak, like, right now having they they actively do it all the time anytime there's a person that comes into power, oh yeah the, which is why they love it when we have what literally anytime there's a power that leads yeah. comes into power that's going to do something they destabilize they literally exactly. it's intentional and i feel like it's it's very well documented as well so i just and i'm not saying that we can never succeed but i'm just saying like i don't think we should underestimate the past influence of europe and also their current influence and not 
a passive influence as in a continuous conscientious effort to destabilize and make sure that that the countries that that economically they essentially drain continue in that state like they have a vested interest in our countries being like crap they literally and they yeah. and they continue to to invest in that like if you look at the caribbean yeah. even recently in the history i was reading about guyana they literally like intentionally john f kennedy who seems one of the nicer presidents mm. basically he, he literally was like it's in our best interest for the black for the afro guyanese and the indo guyanese to be at war with each other and he intentionally removed from power a president that was going to put in a lot of decent change in guyana and basically seats put someone in his position who they knew was going to be trash and that's like that is up until the mid 80s so recent history like just before we were born yeah so i was i was gonna just say on that point i agree i just think i think this it's difficult because i kind of hear what both people are saying i think at the end of the day it's white people's fault 99 percent of what happens in the world right now stems from colonization and imperialism that is what white people did however at a certain point not who cares but what can we do about that it's always their fault now what what can we do with that information we know <laughs> but now what like we at so we have to take the reason we have to take responsibility for ourselves is not because it's on us to put ourselves well no it is on us because white people ain't going to help us out they've destabilized us they've done all this stuff but at a certain point we have to understand what they're doing and why and then actively fight against it i sadly don't think we ever will come out under the boot of the west and i think the reason is is because i think black people are not united and unless we unite that's never going to happen we just it's impossible because of the might and the like you look at even just even israel palestine as a thing think about it like why do the west support israel what's that got to do with them they're actually not like what has that actually got to do with them not much well like, it has in a sense that but when i'm talking about intentionally destabilizing if for them israel is a very 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 important player in that region no, no, but, that, no, but that's, that's the no, only, that's, that's that's only non-arab that's the only buffer yeah that's the only buffer yeah. that's the only non-arab yeah, region, that, in that region so they must that's what i'm saying they that's must my point keep israel propped up like there's no way they're gonna want to allow exactly another arab state they don't want it so like they yeah, have a vested but, interest, regardless of the morality of, of genocide, or whatever, they have a vested interest in making sure that Israel remains as Israel. And they're going to continue to do that. And Israel is a military, military power. power. Yeah. Like, I don't think the average person understands How the power of Israel's military. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the fact that they've just been bombing the crap out of a place for three months, that's a lot of military fight. Like they've got money. And the West just keeps funneling. Them. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying why the West do like. I'm saying the point is that they they have an, a vested interest in keeping their power balance in the world. So there's a reason why North Korea can't have weapons, and uh, they don't like Russia and China having weapons because it's seen as like the weirdo foreigners having these weapons, and we're the moral West and, and other countries as well because other countries have nuclear weapons, but they're restricted in what they can do. Like South Africa, I remember learning about this in A level politics. South Africa has nuclear weapons. There's a lot of countries that do. Yeah, but they're not... that are on like just the lower tier outside of the security. Council. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like but they're not. Allowed. They're told what they can do yeah. with their 
with their milit- with their nuclear weapons. The difference with like uh, North Korea is North Korea have said you cannot tell us what to do. And I'll be real, I respect it because I respect anyone that just tells the West no. Like even with this climate change stuff, as much as I'm a big advocate for like being environmentally friendly and all of the peace concords and all that stuff, I'm like, look, you can't be doing your allowing all the Western companies in the world to make all the money, and then as soon as anybody else wants to use, uh, you know, greenhouse gases, oh no, we're doing this thing now. Nah, shut up. You lot do what you need to do. You lot turn off, like, stop using stuff. <laughs> don't tell the, don't tell Brazil and these other countries. Anyway, sorry. Let me just be quiet. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I think to be honest, I, I'm not disagreeing with you today because when I look at Jamaica, for example, it pisses me off. Like, the corruption is annoying, and the lack of you're you're right in the sense that actually at this point it doesn't really matter because no one is going to save us apart from ourselves. Like no one is coming to save these, our countries. Like nobody's coming to save Nigeria. No one's going to step mm-hmm. in, and like the only people who can save Nigeria are Nigerians. The only people who can save Jamaica are Jamaicans. Like this, it's only going to come from ourselves. So we can we can complain and we can look back in the past, or we can make decisions, and we can do that and make decisions. But what we need to do is make decisions to move forward. And the thing that's so frustrating is the fact that some of the changes that you want are not monumental. They're just like, let's do the basics. Do you know how stressed out I was when I went to Zambia this year? And this is the first time I've been back to Zambia in five years. And I went to South Africa first. And from South Africa, I went to Zambia. Guys, from even just the plane that I got on that is the only plane under Zambian Airways, I was like, my people, I am embarrassed. I am embarrassed. Those of you who are on my close story that saw the picture that I was taking on Zambian Airways, I was like, no, where is the shame? Where is the actual shame? And then you land in Zambia. And I was still like, why am I seeing no difference in Zambia from 2018? And don't get me wrong. I feel like the the president we just had is probably one of the corrupt, most corrupt people we've ever had in power. The things that he was doing with money, stupidity cannot even fathom. But I'm just there like, why is there still piles upon piles upon piles of rubbish on the road? And people wonder why we still, why we have cholera as if it's like 19, the 1940s. Why do we have cholera? There's no reason for it to be this dirty. It's like, just like, can we, can we just be clean? The only difference I'm in seeing is somehow the malls have increased. So I'm just there like, oh, so we've got money to spend all day. So no, but then I, okay, I guess I would say, when you say, can we just be clean? Like, as in the government cleaning up the space, basically. How about you employ some people to get this stuff off the road? Because you know what? If you have stuff like that and you're not throwing them in the sewers, these don't, this doesn't affect the compounds. Hell, during rain season, we won't have huge cholera outbreaks that will affect the hospitals that are already run down that need to be better. Do you see how this spins up, spills over? Do you, I, I, I don't know anything about Zambian politics. Do you feel like it's more, they don't have the resources to do that? To just clean up the streets? I don't know. Um, no, I, I think they know. do. 
I think they do. I think they do. I think there's terrible money management. Mm -hmm. I think this government is trying, this government is having to put out all the fires that the previous government Mm -hmm. did. And I understand that it's going to take time. But for me, it's just looking at us, just they're like, what I've I've got home and all I see is just an increase in malls. That's the only, that's the only, oh, we have one new flyover in Lusaka. And we have malls. Uh, the, the listeners cannot yeah. see my frustration, no, but it's all over. Like, it, I don't even know how to. I don't even actually know how to properly articulate really? just the disappointment I felt when I went mm. back home. Because I was just like, really, really, and everyone wants to tell you that this is like this is the big improvement. In five years, we have a flyover, guys. A flyover. But do you, do you know? I think the issue. I'm sick. Part of the, I'm actually sick. Part of the difficulty is though. It's like, say, the incompetence of, <laughs> like, say, this government in the UK. It's like it doesn't have the same knock-on effects, mm-hmm. like sheer knock-on effects that it would do in in the country in Africa or in the Caribbean, or or Asia. That's part of the issue. Is that this government can screw up. And they would have to screw up really, really, really bad. Like, okay, say for instance, what Liz Truss did, like where she was tanking the economy and they just were like, nope, 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 patterned it, sorted it quick. And part of the reason was also because other international powers were like, if Britain's economy slides too much, it's going to affect us. You guys, they were literally on the phone like, guys, sort this out because you're going to screw with our economy. If... They were like, whoever this woman get her is, out. Get Whereas her if the out. economy in Jamaica, it's not the time for yeah, girls. If the economy in Jamaica time, <laughs> it doesn't really affect like the Western powers that beat that much. They don't really care to step in and like be like give someone a phone call. And and I think that's the thing as well. I think sometimes, I think in fact, I'm really grateful for Boris Johnson, Rishi Sunak, Liz Truss, all these people because they've actually shown that Western governments can be just as incompetent, like just as corrupt. And outrightly corrupt as any of these and, other and, countries and that they yeah, try to corrupt, are, yeah. are so corrupt. But the, it's just that when you have vast amounts of wealth to back you up when you're incompetent, the drop isn't as much. And exactly. we 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 felt the drop. We felt the cost. Of, we, we felt the yeah yeah. We felt mm-hmm. it as citizens. But it's the extent is not going to be as much because as if guys, you're little is not littling anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like we felt it, but just not as bad as if we had, we had been in, in a worse situation. And I thank them for that because. I feel like there was this narrative that black people uh, are incompetent and we can't rule ourselves and that we're corrupt and that white people are able right. to. But it's obvious that this is not the case. And that actually it's the same with if you take a rich kid, like some of the rich kids I went to school with were into drugs and all kinds of stuff. They get sent to rehab, they get rehabilitated and set on their way and they can recover and recoup from the same setback as a child that maybe is in an estate somewhere that doesn't have the facilities to go to the rehab. But the point is they can do the same thing, but the outcomes are not the same because they don't have the same cushions. They don't have the same fallbacks. Like our countries do not have the, don't have the resources to be messing around and incompetent in the same way that these countries do because we haven't built up this vast amount of wealth to back us up when we screw up. We don't have the infrastructure already in place. Like if you already have all your roads and all your train stations and all your things and all your aeroplanes, the only way you can screw up is really to like destroy those things, but they're already built. But when you don't have them in the first place, you can't be screwing up the money and then not building the infrastructure that you need. Yeah. 
Listen, I think the the sum total of this last last piece has been if you continue to give temporary solutions to the poorest of the poor, to the poorest of the poor, one day the poorest will become poorer, and the poorest will become the poorest as for those of you, you guys are clearly not on social media enough, or not what on the same that? ones, because that, I don't know what that, that would have killed. That would have killed I am a proud I'll send. I'll send millennial. you the link. Is it's a it's a social media link? Are you there? Okay, boomer. <laughs> um, listen, I am very conscious of the fact that we have I used have up a lot of your time, Tash. Um, I want to say, time. oh. Vent on Simone Biles, you have five minutes. Liz, it's all you, babes. God. Does she know that she's on mute? Yeah, she messed up her mic. Um, but I uh, can say what it roughly what she's saying. Blah blah blah, feminism, uh, Okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take. Yeah. I'm going to take over. Can you hear me now? What is happening here? Oh, yes, we can hear. Do you, you. see the, the level of misogynoir that yeah, I have to? This is why I'm going to tattoo here. I see it, girl. <laughs> From your From own, own flesh and blood. blood. Basically, Simone Biles has a husband, which none of us really knew about, um, until he appeared on this podcast. Said husband is apparently an athlete, but has made no particular ways in his sport of choice. Um. Anyway, so he arrived on this podcast. Yet another black with her. Madam was there Simone by his side on a black male podcast. Who I can't remember the name because again, I don't think they've made that many significant contributions uh, it, to the it, culture. It, it, it's. I just know that the podcast is run by former NFL players okay. themselves. Okay, so people who are no longer actively champions in their sport. So, so it, just... like, imagine if LeBron James retired. Oh, LeBron James level. Okay, I, I've never heard of these oh, people. I, I'm assuming actually, so. No, Girl, to be I fair, the light skin, the light skin guy looked familiar, so I feel like maybe he's of significance. Not enough for me to know his name, but I'm not American, so that might be why. But okay, but the point is, Mister so, Mister Biles, Mr. Biles was is there. there. Wait, and... can we just just no, I just need to do a quick fact check. So, the Jonathan Owens is he? I mean, to be fair, they're in the playoffs. So I mean he's yeah because he's, he's a Green Bay Packer. I'm not going to say Packer, it. I, so I, he's I, not, like, no, the he's Green not Bay Packers nobody. are a really good team. Yeah, but I I'm know talking that. About, is he's not Simone Biles level good? I've never heard of him. No, no, in terms of his sport, like, no, he's not like no. he's not at the t- he's not on exactly. Yeah, he's not like a household name. No, he, but he's good. He's an athlete. I'll give him that. He's a good athlete because obviously he's on the team. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. I will say this because I feel like. Harry is right. We need to be fair. He plays for the Green Bay Packers, but I feel like we need to be like make this clear. It's not like he's the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. He's not like okay. You think NFL? You think Tom Brady, um, who's won like five or six rings? We're not talking about like Russell Wilson, Sierra's husband, Mm -hmm. who again I think at one point he was the highest earning player in the NFL we're not talking about someone like that we have to remember like on these NFL teams there's like 30 of these man so he might be like 22 yeah like Simone he's on the team if they win the Super Bowl he will get a ring as well but like 
that's it. He he's one member. Like, Basically, he's a good athlete, about... but he's not an athlete that was a household name for everybody. Yeah, he qualified to be on the team. Like, imagine if he's he's on Manchester United, but he sits on the bench. I mean, that could be any Manchester United player, and they're all very okay. well played okay, so and very well known. Good players here. at the moment. Yeah, they, that, that was a lot. <laughs> Basically, but I'll like, tell, tell you what happened. <laughs> Obviously, as you can tell, I'm not impressed with Mr. Biles. But let me try and lead some of my animosity at the door. He is Simone Biles' husband. Okay, so that means we expect a certain level of sun sun from him. He goes on the podcast. On the podcast, they ask how Simone and how they met. They met. Um, <laughs> okay. So basically, okay. Simone Biles' husband says, they say to him, how did you catch Simone Biles? And he was like, well, actually, she caught me. I wasn't... No, okay, no, 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 Okay, so first of all, they asked him, how did they meet? My man turned around and said that he did not know who she was and he did not pay attention to gymnastics. So he did not know. They. I'll I'll get there. I'll get there. I'm just telling the story chronologically. So he said that he didn't know who she was, didn't didn't pay attention to gymnastics, and they they met through Raya, which is the uh, celebrity dating app. Um, in 2020 yeah and I would and I would like to also make mention of the fact that when he said that he didn't know who she was these guys looked at him like bruh please please don't lie like the the looks (laughs) on their you know when black people give you that that was was funny to me because men usually band together in these situations but even even they and they did and they didn't and I they didn't, didn't back him. him. Even they they him were like, like, bro, please. please. And he like, no. He's like, no, 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 no. I didn't, I didn't know who she was. And then, so he tells the story. I'm, I'm going I'm to treat this like <laughs> testimonies to in church. Please tell so, us what happened. So he tells the story <laughs> about how um, he didn't know who she was. She DM'd him. And then he goes into this elaborate tale about how he wasn't even really checking for her. And she's the one who drove 45 minutes to go see him on their first date. And so when he tells the story, the guys on the podcast are like, oh, so you, like, so you were the catch. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I no, was the catch. I was the catch. While Simone is sitting there just cheesing with all 32. Can I also say that the one thing that this is a quote? So the guy said, so if I can say it, could I say that Jonathan Owens wasn't really checking for Simone Biles? And mm-hmm. he, and he and the husband was like, well, I wouldn't quite put it like that. And then um, so he said, oh, so basically like you are the prize. And then he said, I always say that men are the prize. This is Simone Biles' husband. Sitting next to while Simone is cheesing with Simone all thirty two of all of her teeth, and I'm just like, oh, like stand are you sure up. Like, yeah, but are you sure that's not just a joke? Like, you know, like it's not supposed to be taken that seriously. No. There was what like, do you mean? There was, it was not, like oh, men are the not... prize. Like, isn't that just like a joke? No, no, thing no, no. no. He didn't say like... it. He. It was no, no because you know what? If it was, he would have said that. He just said it as a when this statement. all blew up on social yeah. media. They were like, guys, is it, he or her could have said, guys, this is an inside joke between us. But they don't need to say but all he that. He didn't. In, and, he and also, I'm done. pretty sure Simone then came on social media afterwards to be like, "You guys done no, it?" But even before that, Simone, why are you talking about my life? Tweets by people saying. 
that it was it was women who are single and who are bitter and a specific I, no i'm not gonna say she was like it but black men tried to turn this into a narrative of like oh it's black women who are bitter and i was like guys we're bitter do you know that simone's core fan base are the white girls and the when the, when the and white I, girls I said guys I predicted, I was like, guys, when the white girls of TikTok get this, Simone isn't going to hear the end of it. This is what happened. And what they happened? They went up to their husbands. The white women went to husbands and said, have you guys ever heard of Simone Biles' husband? All the white men said, no. <laughs> and, that was, that was, and that was all the statement that needed to be made and, about and the situation. No, no, but no, but some of those, I'm not going to lie, some of those Muzungu women were hilarious because when they were like, do you know who Simone is? They're like, oh, of course, yes. But the thing that was crazy is that a lot of the women were asking their, their partners who are very big football into fans. football, have fantasy football yep. like leagues, you know, have been playing for years. And they were like, can you, like, they were like, you know, the Green Bay Packers were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, and they were saying, you know, who's, I can't even remember Simone's husband to this Love day. Simone. And they were like, do you know this man's name? And they were like, who? And for me, the, 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 thing, that, the, thing, that, so, the thing that made it the worst thing is that he was caught in the light. When he said he didn't know who Simone was at the time, Black Twitter, obviously, Black Twitter are the FBI. Why would you say something that's factually incorrect when Twitter can prove you wrong? Oh, no, they wait, did you get caught out? The CIA, MI6. They went back to find what, his what, what happened? What happened? in which he said that he was watching gymnastics at the Olympics. No, the thing, yeah, yeah that's the thing that was crazy is because, no, you didn't know that. It's not the fact that he, he, so at no point did he mention Simone's name, but the thing is though, the, the most important part of the lie was that he said he didn't pay attention to gymnastics. Mm -hmm. And then Black P Twitter found several of his tweets from 2016, where he was tweeting about watching Gabby Douglas in real time, making bare comments about gymnastics, saying, oh, guys, don't you just want to push the girls from the other countries over when like they're against Team USA? He was making comments about Gabby Douglas's hair while she was doing the gymnastics so people like so you're was. telling me that okay. you were so people were like so you were telling me that you were actively live tweeting gymnastics in 2016 but you weren't was. paying attention in 2020 when gabby and simone were there together it was what to be it was such a, it was such a dumb life to be caught in like that's and that's why i don't understand why and that's why it shows you how tapped these dusty men are because it was a stupid lie to be caught in. And there was no need for him to say what he said on the podcast. All he could have said was, how did you meet? Oh, we met on the celebrity dating app. Where you, and, and, and if someone says to you, you know what? But, no, but so you know what? It's a strange lie because Simone Biles won, she won four golds at the 2016 Olympics. She, mm, mm, was it the 2016? Yeah. She's the, yes. The she won 20, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was 2020 where she was, she was off key. But 20, 2016, she cleaned up. So if he was watching back in 2016, <laughs> he, yeah, he's right. That one, who she is. But the thing is, though, right? You, you see, I had he's seen a clip is. of another interview where it was Simone on her own, and she was, and she was talking about um, how she met her husband, and she was like, "Oh, funny enough, he actually didn't know who I was." So it's got me thinking to myself: Is this maybe like a lie that he told her at the beginning, yeah, and now he's just having to run? Like he's having to a hundred percent. And it also, and then the part of the reason he told the can I just say that part of the reason he told the lie is because of his continual attempts to neg her. And for those of you who don't know what yeah, negging is, oh, negging yeah. is basically when a guy 
or not necessarily a guy it can be a woman as well so it can be either gender but it's often mm. used in the context of guys because pickup artists in the that is a book called the game pickup artists used to specifically use this method on women where you basically um hold on let me read a definition of what negging is negging is um an insult um insult or undermine someone in the belief that diminished self-confidence will make them more receptive to sexual advances so for example quote his seduction technique seems to be to neg her into submission so it's basically like guys using subtle little insults subtle ways to undermine your confidence because it will make you yeah bring, bring you down, down bring you down a notch to, to, have that, a to make you, you feel like you more likely you want to be with them so part like for simone biles is basically being like you're not that big a deal you're not some like i didn't know who you are you're not some massive gymnast to me you're just like another chick so and and jonathan is i guess what we would call classically good looking to some people like he's tall He's got green eyes, you know, in the black community because we're colorists and featureists and texturists. It's like green eyes on a black person is like, oh my gosh. So he's got all those classic features. And men, like, if if I'm being honest, a lot of men who are football players or look like him, the type of woman they would typically go for, stereotypically, as we know as black people, is a typical kind of like light skin, biracial, Instagram model kind of blah, blah, vibe which Simone isn't. She's very beautiful to me, but she isn't that vibe, right? So I feel like his whole thing with her was basically to make her feel almost like she was slightly undeserving of him, even though he is Mr. Biles. And the thing is, he knows yeah, he's Mr. Yeah, Biles. He's, and he's got to hold that. And he's insecure about I that. can't pick him out. Like, if... If I was to walk past him, I wouldn't know who he was. But here's my thing, it's and so I have seen—I don't know who that man is. I've seen, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a thing. lot of men say this as well. <laughs> is the fact that okay, no, let's right. let's go with the story that he genuinely didn't know who she was. Let's let's run with that narrative. For me, what then became the thing of like now he's going into this elaborate thing of yeah she's the one who dm'd me she's the one who drove 45 minutes to come see me and i was just like why is this Do you know, I'll be detail yeah i'll be real with that it's just yeah as a guy aren't you embarrassed wouldn't you want to be i don't know aren't you embarrassed to tell that story like i don't think that's like a positive story to be like yeah she was chasing me it wasn't i was I was just there like, do you think that this is painting you in a good light? And then when he kept topped it all off when I said that, oh, guys are guys are always the prize. You are literally Simone Biles' husband. Like nobody yeah, knows her as you, Jonathan Owen's wife. You, you are known we as Simone Biles' husband. And and that's the thing. She she said in the interview, oh no, soon it's going to be people are calling me like Jonathan Owen's wife. And I was like, Simone, I it's promise you on happen, God, bro. that will never happen. Never. Even if he even if the Green Bay Packers win, brother, we nobody we don't care. Like, I'm sorry, like gymnastics I think has more like people watch the Super Bowl, sure, and people might know certain people, but like, say over here, I think if you took a poll and asked them to name like five like American football players, or I don't know, I think people wouldn't. Lots of people would know who Simone Biles is. Like they she's, do, she's because massive. Like, no one is winning gold medals like her. It's like there's certain there's certain people when you think sport. Their sports, you think of their name. Yeah. I say basketball, you think LeBron, Michael Jordan. 
I say golf, you say Tiger Woods. I say tennis, you say Serena and Venus Williams. You say gymnastics, you say Simone, Simone Biles. Biles. Yeah. When I say American football, I do not know who that guy is. I can only I say Tom Brady. Yeah, like, like Tom Brady. Yeah, like Tom, Tom Brady. Brady I hear you. Jonathan Owens is not up there. Yeah, I'm the I never heard that guy. Really really you're, like, you're not even the most no. important player on your team. You're not the quarterback. But it's fine Imagine. for him not to be. And the thing is, it's absolutely fine yeah, for him cool. not to be. And it's fine it's for him to energy. be in a relationship with somebody who is not at the top of their game in the same way that she is, if if she loves and they care for her. But the point the point for me that I found really sad was that he sat there in front of two other men and basically made his wife seem less than like made yeah, it seem, made his wife seem that she was like, he was the prize that he wasn't really that into her and that she wasn't deserving of having a man who completely adored her. And it's not that he, if he had said in the beginning, I wasn't that into her, but Oh my gosh, I was so wrong. She is the best thing that's ever happened to that's me, and saying. I now I I kicking I'm kicking myself that I that I wasn't, you know, pursuing her. The same way she yeah, was. Like, that would, would have been different. fine. There was no need for him to tell everybody that he wasn't that into her in the beginning. There was no need to. But even if if he did say that and then came with actually like I'm all over her now, like she's the best thing that ever happened to me, it would have been cool. But that theme of nonchalance and like, mm-hmm. yeah, continued. The energy's bad. The energy, basically. the energy is so bad, and I, I really hope, I pray, Simone has people in her life who can show her, or or who can hint to her why this person like does not love her in the way that he should. Okay, can I just quickly say this? And I will, I will really, really wrap this up. So my friend in the states, she broke this down to me. Like the problem is with him being a pro pro football player and the way that football is seen in the US this man has been groomed to think that he is the best thing since sliced bread since he was in high school because of the journey you have to take to so she's like it could be a possibility that he can't even fathom that there's a woman who's better who's a better athlete than he is but also the thing that made me laugh was like sir do you think that you would have even got this interview if it wasn't for her Mm. do you think that they would have called you on this podcast to be doing your talking if you weren't married to simone Biles? because he's not that great at his sport to be interviewed exactly because the thing that makes me i've seen this these guys interview and they usually in like interview the likes of kevin hart and whatever you're there. You're literally sitting in that chair because you're Simone Biles' husband. She could have been invited regardless. You were invited because uh, you're married to her. Why don't you have the same energy as Serena's husband? Could have taken notes from Alexis. Absolutely could have taken notes from him. Because he's not a billionaire. Uh, and with that, from one Jonathan <laughs> to start to another Jonathan to end, it has been it has been a roller coaster ride of whatlessness from the Jonathans. Jonathans have taken an L on this podcast. Um Thank you so much. I appreciate the time with you all as always. Um as we wrap up, I would like to ask you, what are you guys reading? Because I know you guys are avid readers and our people have told us that they enjoy it. So I'm gonna go around. Um say who you are say your socials and tell us what you're reading 
I'm going to start with you, Harry. Um, at Plantation Tales on Twitter, what am I reading? I, rah, a nigga don't read. Um, nah, I think the last thing I read, that's crazy. I really feel like I've been, re- I feel like I've been reading, but I actually just don't know what the latest book was. I know a book I am looking forward to for t- such a time as this. Shani Akila coming out very soon. Boom, boom, boom. So go cop that. Like, um, I've had a sneak peek and it's very, very, very good. Um, so I think yeah. everyone will enjoy that. But yeah, I was caught off guard. But what I am watching, What's I'm watching Fool Me Once on Netflix. Um, with Michelle That's Keegan. Michelle, Michelle Keegan. Yeah. She's buff. Um, but yeah, it's good. <laughs> thank you so much for that harry uh nezzy will come to you next uh i have i'll tell you what i've just finished reading so i've just finished reading decolonizing my body um a radical exploration of rituals and beauty by afua hirsch um which i actually really enjoyed like i thought it was really good and i encourage everyone to read it i think what i think i've mentioned afua hirsch on the podcast previously maybe not in the most favorable way <laughs> however this is a very good book um in my opinion and i really enjoyed it so shout out to her um and then i've also finished reading rootless by crystal apaya which the ending of this book absolutely sent me through the roof if i ever see this author in person she's gonna catch her hands i'm pissed at that ending the rest of the book was good but girl change that ending um the other book I've just finished reading is The Secret Lies of Church Ladies Ooh. by Deisha Filia, which I'd already read, but I was rereading for my book club, which met today. I founded a book club and we started today. Okay. Um, and it's a collection of short stories about black women in the black church and a lot of stories related to like romance and sex. Um, so it's a little bit raunchy, very interesting. Will Very church much- girl, yeah. Church girl, but we'll cause you to cut a few pearls. Lots of explorations of queer love and other things as well. So, yeah, interesting read. Love it. And your socials? Where can people find you? TFTP Nezzy on X. On X. Thank you. Tasha. Okay, so um, I have been deep diving into fan fiction for a while, so I'm not recommending any of that. But I do need to finish reading Spare by Prince Harry. And then the next one I have is a book called Yes, Daddy. And it is a celebration of the Internet's favorite daddies from Paul Rudd to Pedro Pascal. Um, yeah, this is real. Yeah. That is a mad title. I got it and I'm looking forward to reading it. Um, Ma'am, own, own, your, own your audible. It's okay. It's okay. No, I haven't finished Spare either. I need to finish Spare. Me. And quickly, what am I? What am I watching? I am watching Nana Tour by Seventeen, and I'm watch. I'm really late, but I'm watching The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. So good, because um, I do like chess. Um, chess is amazing. I oh my god, I love chess, and Queen's Gambit is great. I'm on episode three. Um, so yeah, I re- I'm really enjoying that. Um, my socials: it's Sampa S A M P A Tasha on everything and then it's a soulful storm podcast on everything follow me on tiktok guys i'm i've i've succumbed and i am on tiktok now and um apparently i have i have vexed 
um, somehow the K-pop and African community simultaneously um, by making them aware that K Did, wasn't it wasn't it something you, K Africans yeah somehow you, you got onto them about um, like on the last episode of the podcast we like we talked about things that we wanted to leave behind in 2023 and I discovered that K Afrobeats is a thing we got and um, oh boy when I tell you I was disgusted and I said no <laughs> and a lot of the black K-pop fans agreed with me somehow. Um, the Ama Piano Warriors found my TikTok. And when I tell you that Nigerians and South Africans have been fighting in my comments since December and they haven't given up, I am exhausted. What is K Afrobeats? That doesn't a, make sense to me because K pop is essentially, isn't K pop essentially lots it's not, it's of got Korean pop? I was going to say, doesn't Korean mimic a lot of black music anyway? So how could it be switched around? Girl, when I tell you, the Koreans have discovered Afrobeats and they they love it. They really love it. Apparently, they're liking it more than K-pop. So they are having a good time over there. Um, I don't know. I uh, choose okay, not to explain sense. it. I have put, I put my foot down. I've drawn my line in the sand. I've said no. I reject. I thought when you said K-Afrobeats, you meant like Afrobeat artists doing like no. Korea. no, but you mean just you just mean Koreans Korea, are doing Afrobeats. Korea doing Afrobeats. But so basically, what they've been doing with every other black genre, but with Afrobeats, it's worse. And I take it personally. Okay. And um, yeah, no. So like I said, somehow the, the problem started is that a South African compared it to Nigerians trying to co-opt Ama Piano. And the girls started fighting. And somehow Nigerians actually believe that they have a stake in Ama Piano. And I tried to stop them. I was like, guys, no intercontinental wars. They ignored me. They've been fighting for weeks in my comments. For weeks. That's just, that's just the influence you have. That's the power you hold in your I'm mic, exhausted. Tasha. <laughs> I mean, thank you for the engagement. Yeah, but um, I'm, a, I'm a newbie to TikTok. But, you know, wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I hear i'll be following i'll be Thank liking you. uh yeah and i have been your host for today uh it's tunde you can find me at tftp underscore t-u-n-d-e on instagram and twitter um if we're going to be plugging other um projects as well i'm also starting dei grace notes on instagram it's me just trying new things trying to bring a new light to dei and how we can explore it in different ways um on that note what have i been reading because i did get peer pressured and felt uh, embarrassed when all of the arguments were going on on twitter at the end of the year about people who read 12 million books Come a year on, Williams. um <laughs> anything that that, anything i have even pump fake to have wanted i got it <laughs> um and this I, year, did you, you watch that interview? i've watched that say five minutes I i'm gonna watch it. the rest I was, yeah, yeah, I was. Wait, are you telling me we didn't hilarious. discuss Kat's interview? We didn't discuss No, 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 I don't care. Didn't. Forget everything. We're discussing that right now. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. No, no, no. We You've have to discuss that right minutes, now. 10 minutes. I love now. that interview. We can do, we can do a point no, no, five. I, no, 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 no. Point five. No, we no, have no. to come back because it will no. cut us off. We ain't got no. it. No. 10 minutes ain't enough. Why are we no, trying to no, it's enough. Like no, seven no, minutes? No, it's enough. It's enough. Trust me. I can, no, I can talk do about it. it. I can talk about it. Bro. Go. Listen, yeah. Go, Harry, go. My favourite moment. This is the highlight of the whole interview where Cat Williams paused and said to him, 
You have an unnatural. That's not like you. You have an unnatural. He said you have allegiance. an unnatural. Alle- it's the way he paused, took a sip, and said, <clears throat> "You have an unnatural allegiance to losers, and that's not like you." That is one of the best lines <laughs> I have ever heard in an interview. I would like that is incorporated oh. into my vocabulary. Oh, it was so. That interview was great. Do you know what it is, yeah? I saw three hours and I thought, am I going to listen to a Cat Williams interview yeah. for three hours? It was I, I <laughs> loved it. What I loved, yeah? Every, was, I'm taking it in breaks, but I will be. No, no, listen. Because I saw, what happened was, I saw the clips on Twitter and I was like, ah, oh, he's going for said, he's going for Steve Harvey. I thought this happened way into the interview. A minute. Yeah. Three, what made me laugh is that he, he, listen, he literally listen. got into the interview. <laughs> and he just like he just like from the start like he just Please. opens his mouth had just, no he didn't wait for anybody there. he went straight for everybody's juggler over the first few minutes and I was like you know what that's the kind of it energy I appreciate like and he held nothing back took a step and just went Cedric the entertainer nothing. cannot tell jokes <laughs> and this is where we are starting <laughs> from <laughs> Yeah, and when he said it's great. not on Netflix and it's not so on TV, I was like, I am done. <laughs> when he said that Ricky Smiley and Tyler Perry should only take roles as women because they don't play men well, and he believes that you should have the roles that you excel in. You know what? Yeah, no, Cat. If there's one thing about Cat, yeah, Cat is one of the great, like. In terms of like being able to greatest greatest comedian, yeah, he's one of the great. He's one of the greatest. Even when he when he mentioned Tasha no. Smith, I had to go back Again, and watch that. Yeah, and I said, oh, he wait. It wasn't Tasha Smith. No, What's her name? I think it's Tasha K. What's her name? Smith. Uh, no, I think it's Smith. I think it's yeah. Something like he bodied her. No, Wonder Smith. Wonder Smith. Yeah, because it's not, it? not Wonder Smith. Wonder Smith. Do you Wonder Sykes? Tasha Smith is No, no, Wonder Sykes, you get confused. No, 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 no. Wonder Smith. Wonder Smith. Oh, okay. Wonder Sykes, phenomenal, phenomenal comedian. Yeah, I was going to say, Wonder, Wonder Sykes is funny. Exactly, no, no. Wonder Smith is, nah, he went on. And it's like, even just hearing from him about, and it's, it's what was interesting was the people that came out afterwards and like, yeah, Kat just gave me money. Mm-hmm. Like, on a random. Yeah. Like, Dion Cole did. Yeah. He was like, and that's the thing, Kat made it clear, I'm not a hater of the people who work, but the problem is, don't be an industry plant and then start trying to be telling stories about how you were grinding, you, you were know homeless. What? You, like, know, you guys know I have a what? long-standing one-sided beef with Kevin Hart. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, as soon as I heard he was going on Kevin Hart, I was signed up to be honest. Because Kevin Hart has a, you know that he's taking Kevin Hart's first wife I on lo- his tour. I She's going to be his yeah, that, legendary. If Kevin that Hart has a number petty, one hater. It's me. <laughs> I don't like Kevin Hart. Yeah. Do, do you know? Shall I tell you what was interesting though? What I found interesting is that how many people were just like, "Yeah, Cat Williams is telling mm-hmm. the truth." I'm like, guys, let's just. I found this interview hilarious like everybody, but we don't know. We don't know what's true and what's not. Some things might be true, some That's things not, not, might not. What we can say is that the interview was funny. It was something it was hilarious. just to make me laugh. It's a comedy act. <laughs> you know, it's great. You know, this, this, is, this is a testament to Cat Williams' talent <laughs> because he can take the full-on truth an embellished story and then a lie, but say it with the same amount of vigor that you just believe everything that he said. But I will say like some stuff like in regardless, in regards to like when he spoke about Bernie Mac and how like um, Cedric the Entertainer 
um, tried to take that role, literally called up the directors of Ocean's Eleven and wanted mm. them to cast him instead of Bernie Which Mac. Steve, I thought it was Steve Harvey. No, I thought that was Steve Harvey. Sorry, Steve, sorry Harvey. Steve Harvey tried to do that to Bernie Mac because it was Bernie Mac's role. And obviously he's in Ocean's Eleven, one, 11, 12 and 13. Um, that story's that story has floated around, and the fact that Bernie Mac's daughter then got on TikTok and was like, "Cat is so lovely. Thank you for the stories that you told about my father. I appreciate you, sir. If you ever want to meet, I was like, that's all the validation. I, I, I need. think, but I also I think none of us is well. I wasn't surprised at the people he spoke about because. Like nobody thinks that Steve Nufty Harvey is like somebody who's not going to be a little bit, you know, of a wheeler dealer like in it for his own. And it's not that I don't I love some of Steve Harvey's work, but I'm never surprised when anyone in the industry is spoken of as somebody who's maybe stepped on somebody else to get ahead or done things that are not completely legit and honest. Because I honestly think that's the nature of those kind of industries. And I don't I think there's a lot. There's lots of people who don't have hundred percent integrity, and I think it probably is. I think it's easier to be in those industries and not have a hundred percent integrity. Like I just, so it doesn't surprise me. It is, but you know the thing is, I think what makes it so sour when it comes to uh, Steve Harvey and Bernie Mac is the way that uh, Steve Harvey had really positioned himself as like one of Bernie's best mm. friends crying up mouth rivers when Bernie Mac died. And let me not turn around and say that, you know, he doesn't miss this man. Like they didn't have memories mm. together because obviously they did. But it's the fact that, you know, even past Bernie's death, like he has brought up like Bernie's family on the show, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, really? Like Bernie was your homie and this is what you did to try to do one of the biggest moments of his career. Um, That's and foul. And then also when like Kat was talking about- his stop you there because we are out of time. Um, I appreciate you all. By the way, the books I was reading for the audience who I know really wanted to hear it are (laughs) Inclusive Leadership by Charlotte Sweeney and Fleur (laughs) Berthwick, as well as The Diversity Delusion by Heather MacDonald. I'm reading two books at the same time too, Nezzy. Look at me. Um, (laughs) I'm actually reading four. Okay, that's not the point. I'm going to mute you soon. (laughs) Thank you so much to everyone for listening to yet another episode of Tales from the Plantation. Uh, Check us out on Instagram, Tales from the Plantation, on uh, X or Twitter at Plantation Tales. Rate, review us, leave comments on all of your podcast uh, apps. It helps us so much. We appreciate you. We hope you have a great rest of your month, and we will see you in February. Bye, everyone. Bye. It's been too long. Bye. Peace.